0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And our special guest today is Lynn Grandin, the director of the Respect Life office for the Archdiocese of Denver, and she also happens to work at Catholic Charities. Lynn, thanks for being here today.
1: Thanks, Deacon. It's a great day to be serving a living God.
0: It is, and I know we have so much to talk about. I don't even know how we're going to get this in in 30 minutes, but we're going to do the best that we can. Uh, So let's just start off, I guess, quickly. Can you give a brief overview about the Respect Life ministry here in the Archdiocese of Denver?
1: Well, to put it as simply as possible, our office has two main purposes. We serve as the educational and resource hub on the full spectrum of all of the life issues that everyone grapples with, and we also oversee all the public events and conferences that raise awareness on these issues. And education and awareness are key because a lot of people may know
0: about these topics, whether it's life from conception through natural death, whatever it may be, but they can't articulate it. So I know education and educating the faithful is one of the more important things that we need to do with these life issues, whether it's contraception, abortion, euthanasia. I mean, it could even be gender issues because we see that all the time. So what, are, what does our education look like, and why do we focus on the why?
1: You know, we educate with um, age-appropriate presentations. That's a real key because we start so young and go through adulthood, and then we explain the compelling facts behind the truths. Um, let's give one example for the study of early human life. Often when I talk to young people, if we teach them to understand a concept such as, when did you become you? And we really break that down, even scientifically, um, the sanctity of the young human life and how they have a soul, even when they're small, and that that soul is going to live for all of eternity. When you bring the beauty of Of God's perspective in it, um, this is what helps change lives, especially in our young people. Yeah, because I would think, you know, the way society teaches us, we don't become us
0: until we're fully out of the womb. And and even then, you wonder what the secular world and what the progressives really want to say we become a person. Um, So I would imagine. So, what are some of the reactions
1: when you tell kids? When they became who they were, well, uh, just recently I had a high school girl say, um, "I became who I am when I came out of my mother's womb." And she said that is fact. I mean, she was very strong about it. And I said, "Okay, then, who was it that was inside your mother before you were born? Was it you, or is it the girl? Was it the girl next to you?" And she went, "What?" I said, "Was it you, or was it her?" And she went. Uh, it was me. I said, so what if you're a little smaller? Was that you or was it this boy sitting on your other side? And she went, okay, I get it. (laughs) So, you know, you just have to use good reasoning skills to bring them around. Um, And then, of course, you can take that thought processes and take it smaller and smaller and smaller till you really get to the scientific evidence of every human life beginning at the moment of conception. Then it gets very exciting for them.
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, as we talk about these school presentations, which, you know, are fantastic, and I know you get inundated with requests to come speak, um, can you talk a little bit more about the age groups that we do the presentations for, and how those presentations are received?
1: Well, we start as early as fifth grade with moms and their daughters, dads and their sons, and we talk about the things that'll be coming up in their bodies from a positive, inspiring angle. The mothers love that because often they'll say that they didn't even know where to begin, especially if it's their oldest daughter, and um, now the daughters are not uncomfortable anymore. They're thankful for that. We do a seventh grade Chastity 101 talk, talking about what it means to really embrace that virtue, the rewards for embracing that virtue, And um, then we have an especially wonderful presentation for eighth graders that covers four major issues that they really need to understand before they hit that next phase of their life, which is the pressures and temptations of heading into high school. Well, I think it's interesting. So we're not only talking to the kids, but because of the
0: poor catechesis that's taken place over years and years and years, There's also presentations directed to moms and dads because they don't even know how to tell their kids the why about life or any of these issues. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's the sad thing, especially if we have a parent evening, maybe for the fifth-grade parents or or for the eighth-grade parents if the principals want that. And um, we'll talk about what the kids are facing these days versus what the parents faced when they were in high school. And the parents often get very emotional because they are not aware of the serious levels of STD infections that are out there and the possible ways of transmissibility. um, Because sadly, parents still are in that mindset of thinking, I only want to prevent my daughter um, from becoming pregnant. And they don't realize that sexual activity before they're married, especially with multiple partners, is greatly increasing the ability for their child to receive a sexually transmitted disease. Um, this, these kinds of things are just not even on the parents' radar many times. And uh, so it's a very emotional evening. But, you know, we love these parents enough to tell them the truth.
0: Well, it sounds like they're receptive to the message, which is very important. But unfortunately, we probably see, and I'm just guessing, I'd like to get your uh, reaction to this, that too many people abdicate and let the social media, let the news, let whatever is out there do the education,
1: and that education couldn't be more wrong. Is that correct? Well, that is the sad part of it, because um, so many of our people that we talk with really have bought the societal lies about um, what to do. Um, many parents just say, well, if my child uses protection, um, they're going to be just fine. I'm not worried about it. But then when we explain, it's not, it's not exactly what we thought as far as protection, um, barrier methods, and things like that. When we really explain how these diseases are transmitted and the probability of their child receiving that, um, this goes all the way down to parents who are um, putting their girls on birth control. And some of these girls think that certain pills that they take are going to protect them from disease. I mean, uh, it's, it's really quite painful to, to, to try to explain the reality of the world that they're living in with the epidemic proportions that, di- that these diseases are at right now. Well,
0: and I, I remember living in Houston. We had neighbors, when their daughters got old enough, uh, did the implants because they called that safe dating, and that way they didn't have to worry about anything. But, you know, it's, and I know you go into it, but it's, it's more than just the health risk. It, it affects our soul when
1: we do those things that lead us farther from the Lord. Is that correct? Absolutely. And that's the other beautiful part of our presentation, really trying so hard to explain to these children the concept of learning what authentic love is versus what our society Is promoting right now, and that is the idea of using other people and being used. That's the dichotomy of um, what's happening in society versus the beauty of Holy Scripture and uh, the teachings that the Church has taught for thousands of years.
0: Well, I just can't say how encouraging it is to hear not only about these presentations, but that we go into the why, because I can tell you there's nothing that drives me up the wall more than when I hear somebody say, well, that's just because that's what the Church says. I'd rather you say nothing. Uh, We need (laughs) to be educated in the faith so that we can give the why. I mean, if we just think the Church is nothing but a set of rules, no wonder people do what they do, but it's because God loves us and He wants us to be healthy and happy, and we're not going to be when we go off on our own tangents and kind of live the lives that we do. Uh, Right. Just as a reminder, you're listening to Respect Life Radio, and our guest is Lynn Grandin, the director of the Respect Life office of the Archdiocese of Denver slash Catholic Charities. And we could talk about these educational programs all day long, and I almost feel like I want to. But I do want to go into some of the other things that the Respect Life office does outside of the education piece. But I guess before I go there, if somebody wants to schedule you to come do a talk at your at
1: their parish, at their school, how would they go about doing that? Oh, it's so easy. Just go to the website, which is respectlifedenver.org, and then you just um, scroll around on there until you find the part where it shows speakers, and um, there's very simple, intuitive um, areas where you can just go to and Plug your name in and send it off. And then we'll get back to
0: you and make sure that uh, we get something scheduled. So I encourage everyone to look at that, and we'll come out and talk, whether it's kids, whether it's parents, whether it's parents and kids. We need to do this education piece. But now I'd like to look at some of the events that we have throughout the year and so how people can put their faith into action. Can you go through some of the events that the Respect Life office
1: hosts, and promotes here in the Archdiocese of Denver? Well, we always do 40 Days for Life every spring and every fall, and we're delighted to let everyone know now that um, we have permission from the Archdiocese to do Eucharistic processions at the beginning of every 40 Days for Life campaign, and that just keeps growing, and we have lots of masses associated with those, and um, that's a very, very special time to be praying. Also, we have um, something called Prayer in the Square, which we've started this past year, and that is every single first Saturday. Um, It began with the idea from Our Lady of Fatima um, requesting that. So now we have it um, in 16 locations at this time, um, all around uh, Denver, where families gather together and parishioners, and they pray a rosary and divine mercy chaplet. And uh, associated with that,
0: and that's actually in public, right? Not in yes. the, not in the church. It's out on a major street,
1: so yes. people can see it. Yes, it's a very interesting to pray like that on a major street in Denver to watch uh, streets, the people driving by on the streets looking at you as you're doing that. And um, and now we have a traveling Fatima statue um, from the team that has put that together. That's going out for schools and parishes to encourage family prayer. So that's a very exciting piece. So how do people, if they want to schedule the statue, how would they do that? Well, there is another website um, associated with us called prayerinthesquare.org, and um, they can look on there or on our website as well, respectlifedenver.org, and um, they can schedule that to come to their parish and school for two weeks at a time.
0: And I do know that... uh, Every parish that has been contacted has immediately said yes, Yes. so it's not been a problem scheduling that statue, which is really a good thing. But what are some of the other things we have going on, Lynn?
1: And every year we have a special Day of Remembrance, which is a national event. Uh, This year in uh, 2018, it's going to be September 8th, held at Sacred Heart of Mary in Boulder. They have a cemetery there with at least 5,000 babies that have been lost to abortion. And uh, they were given humane burials there. And we come out every year and remember them with a special prayer service, um, just like others that were Lost to tragic events, um, we just are committed to not forgetting them.
0: Well, and I know we have uh, There's a Gospel of Life conference coming up in October. I want you to briefly touch on that because we're going to do another show on that because it's so important to talk about the topic, but I want you to just do a brief explanation.
1: Yes, every year we have our annual Gospel of Life conference with usually often hot button topics here in. Uh, Colorado, and this year we have uh, five different speakers that are presenting on some really strong issues, so we have an incredible lineup, so we'll have Mass in the morning, and then we go at it all day long, and uh, the most interesting speaker that we have this year is actually going to be talking about Transgender Surgery and Christian Anthropology. So I think they'll break the doors down on that I would think
0: a (laughs) lot of people are going to want to hear that because that is really a hot-button topic. But the overarching overarching theme of the conference is
1: what? Um, This year is the 50th anniversary of Humanae Vitae, so we're going to talk about the prophecies that were given by the Pope and how they've been fulfilled, and um, so that is going to be our thematic idea this year. Okay, and then
0: kind of the coup de grace as we uh, do our Celebrate Life March.
1: What's that all about, and when is that? Every year in January, we hold a Celebrate Life March here in Denver. We start with masses all around town and then everyone gathers at the west steps of the Capitol. Last year we had 5,000 people come out. Of course we'd love to double that this year but you know Colorado is amazing. We have so many different ethnic groups so we had lots of music and dancing and excitement, and um, people were just so full of joy. We had dynamic speakers, we had the seminary choir singing God Bless America, and you could see all the vets crying out in the crowd. Um, It's just a very, very high-powered, high-emotion, high-excitement Um, all positive event, we focus on a positive, encouraging message there, and people really appreciate that. They feel a part of something really big. They love that ethnic diversity to really show the universality of the church. People just full of joy.
0: Well, and I think that's really a key comment that you just made, uh, the celebration celebration piece of it, because we hear so many people want to go out and protest a, B, C, D, and E, you name it. It's always these protest march. People are angry. They're yelling. I mean, it's not a place you'd ever want to bring your kids. I mean, heck, most of the time we wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> so how are our uh, functions, the events that we have,
1: different from that? Well, you hit it right on the head. We have chosen to be positive. We've chosen to, to give that and because of that, now families are participating with us, and they are encouraged to bring their all of their children. And so others love to come and see the crowd full of babies and strollers, happy parents, babies tucked in, you know, on their mothers and fathers' chests, and and lots of school children carrying banners. Um, it was adorable to see the Vietnamese children in this last. They were all dressed the same and all singing and laughing. I mean, there's just, it's just an exciting um, place to be and um, a happy thing. So it's exactly opposite of an angry protest march.
0: Well, and we heard comments to that effect, right? I remember uh, the principal of St. Rosalima, Elias Moe, who said, wow, I can't believe how happy people were. I just kind of came to check it out because I wasn't sure I wanted to bring my kids, because you see all these other marches and things going on with different uh, agendas, but people are angry, (laughs) they're yelling, and he's like, there's no way I'm subjecting my kids to that. But I remember him saying to me, this was fun, they're coming next year, because this is great, there was a lot of young
1: families. Have you heard similar comments? Absolutely, Uh, that's nearly identical to what you keep on hearing. And, um, you know, we have a large Hispanic population here in Colorado. I think it's 52 percent um, of Catholics here are Hispanic. So we had a mariachi band, and we had um, dancers from different parts of the Mexican culture that were out, and the crowd just went bananas over them.
0: Well, it's just great to hear that all these things are going on within our archdiocese, and plenty of opportunity to participate. I know... As we've gone around to schools and talked to principals, one of the requests that we get on a regular basis is, how do we have functions where the families can participate? How can they put their faith into action? And you just went through a whole litany of events from 40 Days from Life to the Celebrate Life uh, March uh, and all those other things in between where there are plenty of opportunities. And again, uh, what's the website people can go look on so when... They can plan their time around these events so that they can actually participate.
1: Yeah, I hope that people will memorize it. It's so easy, respectlifedenver.org. I mean, it's hard to
0: imagine we only have a few minutes left. Uh, but I, one of the things, you know, you mentioned the Hispanic population of Catholics in the Archdiocese of Denver being over 50%. Uh, we do have the capability of doing presentations in Spanish.
1: Is that correct? That's right. We've hired a great gal, and and we are equipping her with all kinds of information and um, props and and, uh, lovely visual presentation things that she can use when she goes out. She's been learning how to get all of our PowerPoints translated, and she's done a few things already, and she's a lovely, lovely girl, and And um, we're looking forward to watching her branch out into more of the Hispanic population here. So again, you're listening to Respect Life Radio. We're glad to have
0: Lynn Grandin, the director of the Respect Life office for the Archdiocese of Denver slash Catholic Charities. And we've been talking about the educational presentations that we do. We've been talking about the presentations. We're always looking for ways to get to people and educate them on the why, and then celebrate the faith, whether it's through an event or through a function at school, whatever that may be. But Lynn, we're always looking at doing different things. If people have ideas, how would they share those with us?
1: Well, they can easily send us an email and or call us on the phone and share those. We're always happy and open um, for great ideas. We have parish representatives Um, in our parishes that represent Respect Life activities. And if they have someone in their parish that they know handles that for their parish, they can convey those ideas to them as well, and then um, they can get that back to us um, at our uh, meetings. So that would be L Grandon,
0: G-R-A-N-D-O-N, at ccdenver.org, or you could send it to G. Bennett. That's two N's, two T's spelled the correct way. At ccdenver.org as well. I mean, people are doing things. We don't think we've cornered the market, but we want to get more people involved. How do we get people excited about the faith, excited about life, excited about marriage between a man and a woman, excited about all the gifts the Lord has given us? And that's really to be able to provide opportunities for people to get together and see... They're not alone. I mean, a lot of times we think we're the only ones who think this way. Or, you know, you see marches on TV and the media will cover a march, uh, the, the big march in D.C. As a, as a prime example. They barely show it. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people there, yet they'll show a march of protest for, for abortion or so for some of these other heinous acts. And you make, they make people think that everybody thinks that way. And it doesn't really make sense. Um, you know, one of the other things I do want to cover are college presentations. Are, are there ways to get to some of our older youth? You know, they're not quite adults yet. So we can educate them on some of the gifts of the teachings of the church and the facts of the terrible health issues, whether it's... Uh, sexually transmitted diseases or other things that somehow the secular media kind of overlooks?
1: Well, there are different secular colleges here in Denver that have asked us to come and speak on different issues, uh, maybe a debate format or something like that. Um, But one of the more exciting ones that I think will really encourage our listeners is uh, we did go into a secular college here, and um, they asked us to kind of give an idea of what the church says about abortion versus you know, a secular presenter. So we did a simple history of Christianity upholding the value of life for all these uh, millennia, all these centuries, and then we did a comparison between the Dred Scott decision about slavery and how that's very similar to the laws right now relating to the unborn, that really stirred the pot up that day. And then we refuted the top dozen arguments for abortion and then gave a clinical explanation of the procedure because some of these kids were pre-med students. And I will tell you, the room was electrified. The professors were aghast. Um, One of them said, I've been teaching anatomy and physiology here for 17 years, I had no idea what really happened when um, there is an abortion. So we talked it all out. The kids swarmed us afterwards. They were all holding our soft little models that we bring. They were asking questions. We could hardly get out of there. And then quite some time later, um, the professor that asked us to come, asked me to come back to a pre-law class that he had, and I'm address some of these things, and he stood up in front of the classroom and said, "I need all of you to know that this woman came last year and presented, and I had been unashamedly pro-choice my whole life. And since her presentations, I now am unashamedly, utterly pro-life." And the kids' mouths went to the floor, and I looked at him and I said. And when were you going to tell me that happened? <laughs> I mean, surprise. It was so exciting. And so, truly, for all of you out there, if you just take the time to learn the truths behind what we believe and effectively and graciously present them, we can turn the tide.
0: Well, and we are down to our last couple minutes. I mean, it's great to hear those stories because the truth resonates. And people so frequently don't hear the truth. Right. They don't even have a chance to resonate. You know, we, a few shows ago, we had the Sisters of Life. Mm. So when it comes to college presentations, we're not acting out on our own, right? We're working with some of these different apostolates, yes. these different orders. Uh, can you talk a little bit how we work with the Sisters of Life? Because I think, you know, it, there's power in working together.
1: Yes, you know, they are presenting, um, doing different things, loving these girls on campuses. And so we've. We're, this really is a team effort. So together, we use their strengths when they're out. Then they'll refer people to us. They know how to refer, refer students that they've met maybe that are struggling with post-abortive issues. We can plug them into the good counseling that we have called Project Rachel, which is very comprehensive uh, counseling. And... Uh, They have retreats for gals. So um, everyone works together using their particular gifts, strengths, and abilities, and we really are making a difference because we want to create in Denver a culture of life. Well,
0: we've covered a lot of topics today, and I just want people to know that you you can re-listen to this on Respect Life Denver website after it airs. Uh, on Catholic Radio, just in case you missed something. But
1: if you want to contact us, again, Lynn, how's the best way to do that? Just go on that wonderful website that we have, respectlifedenver.org. We're growing it all the time. We've got resources on there that will be a great help to anyone that needs it. I can't believe 30 minutes has flown by this fast.
0: Again, we'll have you on because we want to talk more in-depth about the Gospel Life Conference and some of the great things that we're doing there. Just thank you, Lynn Granon, for being here with us today.
1: Thank you, Jeff.